Turn over to the Bible, uh, turn over to the Bible, turn over in the Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, decided we're going to use the Bible tonight, so that's a good idea. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, and uh, we kind of uh, looked at it a little bit this morning. Um, what is of the will of God. And we've been talking about the things that are common. So there's some things that are common uh, that is the will of God for all of us. And uh, this morning uh, we touched on uh, the subjects of, um, uh, of giving, going, and growing. It is the will of God that every believer, uh, that every child of God give, uh, every child of God go, and every child of God to grow. It is the will of God uh, for each of us. That's not just for the preacher. It's not just for uh, leaders in the church, uh, but it's for everyone uh, in the pew as well. And so um, it is uh, the will of God. And then the last one we kind of touched on and uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about tonight is not only going and giving and growing, but then gratitude. In First Thessalonians 5 and 18, the scripture says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. To give thanks, to have an attitude of gratitude. God's people ought to be uh, thankful people. And um, there is obviously so much to be thankful for. And uh, Thanksgiving is kind of a... Uh, a reminder uh, of, um, of why we should be thankful and um, uh, not, that we sh- that, not that we should need reminding to be thankful, but uh, it is the will of God uh, for you to be thankful not only uh, to God and for God, but uh, for one another as well. We ought to be thankful uh, for each uh, other. Uh, as uh, it is, uh, uh, God said, the will of God in Christ Jesus uh, uh, concerning you. So my message tonight uh, isn't uh, necessarily the how, uh, but the what. What can we be thankful for? In case we need uh, to um, be reminded of the things that we need to be thankful for, but uh, I want to touch on a couple of them uh, this mo- or this evening. What can we be thankful for in our lives? Number one, we need to be thankful, or we can be thankful for the gift. Now, let's not be confused, okay? So the gift uh, isn't um, uh, uh, prophecy or tongues or miracles. What is the gift? The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the gift. The gift is uh, we're fixing to celebrate Christmas, right? Thanksgiving is, is now over. We're fixing to go into December. We're going to uh, celebrate Christmas time. And, and Christmas time is uh, uh, all, about, all about Christ. And we're celebrating the birth of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a time where Jesus gave himself. He left the glories of heaven, 
came to this sin-sick world and was born in a manger. And you know Luke 2, the Christmas story. And, um, and praise God, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, throughout the Word of God, uh, is uh, portrayed as the gift. The gift of God. The gift uh, to us. And so let's talk about that gift tonight. Number one, the gift of His salvation. The gift of His salvation. If you are not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you have not received the gift. Uh, the gift uh, comes not under a tree or uh, wrapped in uh, Christmas uh, uh, paper with a bow on it. The gift is Jesus Christ. The gift is found in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And uh, the scripture says plainly, it is not of works. It is simply through and by the gift of God. We need to be thankful tonight for what? For the gift. For the gift of his salvation. Number two, for the gift of his spirit. For the gift of His Spirit. When we got saved and trusted Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of God came and indwelt us, lives inside of us. And we now have the gift of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit, what does the Spirit do? The Spirit guides us. The Spirit gives us wisdom. The Spirit gives us direction. Uh, the Spirit convicts us uh, of the things that we are uh, of we're, what we're doing wrong, convicts us to do the things that are right. And uh, the Holy Spirit, let's, let's put it this way, the Holy Spirit keeps us on track, right? In this life, it's easy to get off track. We have a Christmas tree at our house, and it was funny because in the, um, in, uh, on the radio I heard the other day that the lady was talking about Thanksgiving and now that Thanksgiving's over, you can put up your Christmas tree. I said, <laughs> we put our Christmas tree up the beginning of November. And uh, we have this Christmas tree right in our living room. And around it, we have a, a, a train track. And we've got a train that goes around. It, you know, does the siren, the whole nine, or the, the horn, the whole nine yards, and just and goes around in circles and um, around the Christmas tree. Well, let's say something. It's right there by the couch, and by the tr one of the recliners that we have in the in the um, in the living room, and it's it's inevitable. Somebody sits in the chair. Somebody's going to kick the train, and the train's going to go off the track. Do you know how hard it is for a train to ride without a track? Matter of fact, if you if the train just gets off the track just a little bit, and you push the button for it to go. It'll just go and probably end up falling, falling off the track completely or it won't move. Why? Because it's not on track. We find ourselves in trouble so often because we get off track. And what happens? Uh, uh, what do we need to happen? We need the Holy Spirit to, uh, to give us wisdom, to give us guidance, to give us direction, to help us to stay on track. Probably most of us would have a testimony or two about getting off track, right? And what do we need? We need to get back on track. What, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit helps us to get on track, helps us to stay on track. So be thankful for the Holy Spirit of God in your life and uh, His guidance 
his, his wisdom and his direction. John chapter 14 and verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19, the Holy Spirit has a very particular and specific job in your life and you need to be thankful for the Holy Spirit. We can be thankful for his salvation. We can be thankful for his spirit. We need to be thankful for his scriptures. We need to be thankful for his scriptures. We need to be thankful for the word of God. Isn't it amazing to you? It is absolutely amazing to me that there are still places in this world that don't even have a copy of the word of God in their language. Don't even have a little bit. Did it amaze you, Brother Will, uh, uh, got up here, Will and Laura there over there in, uh, in Ecuador, and they're reaching the, the Quechua people, and, and uh, most of the Quechua, most of the people. Matter of fact, most people in other countries are at least bilingual. They at least know two languages, and uh, many of them know three languages and more. And uh, so they all speak Spanish. So if you spoke Spanish, many of them speak English too, but if you spoke Spanish, they could understand you uh, completely. But their native language is Quechua. And they just completed a, a Quechua Bible in their language. Listen, we take the Word of God for granted. We have copies. We have hard copies of the Word of God, right? We have uh, 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 the Word of God on, on CD. We got the Word of God on our computer. Now you can walk around and have the Word of God on your telephone, I mean, on your phone, you can have the Word of God, and you can have commentaries, and you can have all sorts of things right here on your phone. Some of my friends, they, 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 um, they, they razz me all the time about my library. I got this big, big library, love books, and, and, uh, and they say, listen, I got all your books plus right here on my telephone. I said, well, great. I'm glad for you. You continue to read on your phone. I like a book. I like to pick it up. I like to, you know, I like to, you can't smell a phone. Well, you could, but I mean, it's not going to give you any kind. When you find an old book, anybody else do, anybody else like reading? Anybody else like books? It's like an old friend. Books are like old friends. And man, I'm in a, I'm in a, a, a bookstore and I pick up a book and it's an old book. And one of the first things I do is smell it. I mean, it's got that old book smell, right? You can't, I mean, there's no smell to a, to, a, to a phone. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to have it. I'm just telling you, we have so much technology today. We have so many advances today. We are without excuse. Matter of fact, you know that you can take, you can take your phone now and you can use it as a translator. To translate the Bible into another language as you're speaking to somebody or vice versa. And they can listen in their own language when you're talking about the word. So we're really without excuse. Because we should be very, very thankful for God's word. Very, very thankful for uh, the, the copies. I mean, the, the, the copious copies that we have of God's word uh, in our lives. If you go into my office... I have, uh, I have tons and tons and tons and tons of Bibles. I mean, I just, I, I love the Word of God. Matter of fact, I have Bibles in goatskin. I have Bibles in bison. I have Bibles in kangaroo. 
And some people, oh, I can't believe, oh, give me a break. I got Bibles. I mean, I didn't go kill the animal. I mean, they just, you know, they came that way. And I got all these, all these different, and let me tell you something. I just, I love the Word of God. And let me tell you something. Every born-again child of God ought to love the Word of God. Don't tell me you love the Word of God if you're not thankful for the Word of God. We need to be thankful that God has given us a book uh, that is inspired, that is inerrant, that is infallible. You know, 2 Timothy 3 and verses 16 and 17 tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God has given us everything we need through the Spirit of God and through the Scriptures so that we can be successful. We need to be thankful for it. Don't just throw the Word of God to the side. Don't just have the Word of God at church. Have the Word of God everywhere you go. You, you ever heard of the term phylacteries? They used to, back in the Old Testament days, they used to, and even in the early New Testament days, they used to take these verses and they would write them down and then they would put them in their clothes. They would put them in their pockets. They would, they would sometimes even sew them into the seams of their clothes. They'd put them in their caps. They'd do all these things. And what they were, they were, they were, they were scriptures and they would pull them out wherever they were. They'd pull them out and it was really a, a, a good form of memorization. And boy, they loved the Word of God. When they took it and were copying the Word of God, you know, we have this technology now where you just put something on a copy or boom, you have a copy. When they wanted to copy something before, they had to, they had to write it down, right? You wanted to copy something, you, you, you took a pen and you took some ink and, I mean, you couldn't even, couldn't even go to the store and buy, you know, buy a ballpoint pen. You know, this is, we're talking about pen and ink. You had to dip it into it and then you had to write. And they, and they wrote the scriptures and they copied the scriptures and they were um, meticulous about it. And they were specific about it. And they were reverent about it. We ought to be reverent when it comes to the Word of God. We ought to be thankful for God's Word. This isn't man's Word. This is God's Word. I was listening to a very prominent preacher. And I won't say his name. But a very prominent preacher. Most of you, if not all of you, unless you're unless you're new to Christianity, you know who this person is. And he's been making some really poor decisions as of late. And uh, he made a comment that just kind of made me sit down. I mean, I, I just could not believe the comment that he made. And he said, he made this statement, we should never say, thus saith the, saith the word of God. We should say, Paul said, or we should say Timothy said, or we should say David said, or we should say... Now listen, I understand that God used over 40 men to write the Word of God. I, I get that, right? 40 different writers, 40 plus different writers. But listen to me. These are only words that God spoke to them as they were inspired, as they were filled. God's Word is God-breathed. It's God's Word. And so we got to understand, this isn't man's Word. This is God's Word. And if we're thankful for God, then we're thankful for 
His Word. If somebody is important to you, if you have respect for a certain person, um, then what they say you have respect for. The opposite is true too, right? If you don't have any respect for somebody, then, I mean, what, you're not listening to that person. You're not listening to anything that they have to say when they talk. You're just not listening. Why? Because you have no respect for them. But when you have respect for somebody and they say something, you take note. You listen. I remember my grandpa, he died when I was, when I was fairly young. But he had a farm, and I just absolutely loved to go over to my grandpa's farm. And um, my grandpa was a very, very quiet man. I mean, I don't remember a whole lot, uh, but I remember this. I remember if we were out and we were, you know, milking the cows or feeding the chickens or whatever we were doing out early in the morning, I just absolutely loved being around my grandpa. And when we came inside, he, I mean, almost, he almost never said anything. It's almost like... He's that kind of person that you think, I mean, does this person even like me? You know, because it never, ever, ever says anything. But when he walks in the house and, and there's people in the house and we had a big family and they all came over. And, and let me tell you something. Everybody's talking, chattering, blah, blah, blah. When my grandpa went to say something, everybody was silent. Why? Because they all respected him. And what he was about to say wasn't wasted words. What he's about to say was important. And everybody listened. Because we had respect for him. If you have respect for God, you'll have respect for his word. You'll have respect for the word of God and you'll be thankful. Be thankful tonight for his gift. His gift of salvation. For his gift of his spirit. For the gift of his scriptures. And then be thankful tonight for the gift of his second coming. What a day that's coming. It's coming. When that day is, I don't know. If somebody says that they do know, beware. Okay, because the Bible says the angels in heaven don't know. We have no idea when, uh, when the rapture of the church is going to happen. But here's the encouraging part. We don't have to know when it's going to happen. We just know it is going to happen. That's the encouragement. Matter of fact, the Bible says there in 1 Thessalonians uh, where he talks about the rapture and he talks about, uh, therefore, encourage one another with these words. You know, sometimes it gets bad here, doesn't it, in this world? Sometimes there's financial problems and sometimes there's relational problems. Sometimes there's physical problems, and we have all these different kind of issues that we have uh, in life because life is flawed. I mean, we're flawed people. We make mistakes. Um, we do things we shouldn't do. We don't do things that we should do, and we face all these things in this life, and the rain falls, the scripture says, on the just and the unjust. So, you know, you hear these little quirky sayings like, um, you know, bad things happen to good people, right? There's good people out there that, you know, when a storm comes through and a tornado comes by and it hits a place, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that all those people were bad people. <laughs> That's silly to think that. Sometimes tornadoes, they just, they come through. Sometimes storms, they just come through. Sometimes it just, 
rains uh, in life. And um, when it rains, if you are out in the rain and your unsaved family member is in the rain, you're both going to get wet. Unless you have an umbrella, right? You're both getting wet. It's, this is, it does, rain just doesn't fall on him because he's unsaved. And boy, just, you know, you have this uh, immunity to rain because, you know, because you're saved. That's not how it works. It's, it's like going, going uh, and getting sick. You ever notice that? You ever notice when sickness gets into a house and there's a group of kids, there's a mom and a dad and there's children? It's inevitable, isn't it? I mean, it's just absolutely inevitable. You feel like saying, just come over here and cough in my face. Just help me get it quickly so I can get it and get, get, get over it, right? Because it's inevitable. You try everything that you can do not to get sick. Uh, but it's inevitable you get sick. I remember one year uh, we decided we were going to uh, we were gonna go to Disney. And the kids were, um, they weren't too small, but um, Emma wasn't feeling good. So he said, well, we'll go to urgent care on the way out, get her some medicine. She'll be, she'll be right as rain. And we, get, we went and got to the hotel. And well, then by the time we got there, then one of the other ones got sick. And then Wendy got sick. And we got pictures from that miserable trip. I mean, it's, it's, it was one of those where, you know, I got Anna by one arm and Emma by one arm and saying, listen, kiss Mickey because I paid a lot of money for this. You know, and, but there's, you know, their eyes were droopy and there was a, well, it was funny because the entire time, I mean, just about the entire time in the hotel, Kyle wanted to sleep in the hallway. Did you want to, you remember that? He wanted to sleep in the hallway because he didn't want to stay in the room and get sick because it's inevitable. Sickness passes on to other people and it just happens. It's not because you're a bad person. It's just because you are probably around somebody that was sick. And so often we get upset with other people because, well, so-and-so made me sick or so-and-so. So. No, we're, we got sick because there's a sickness that goes around. There's a bug that goes around. Whatever happens that goes around. And sometimes when those things happen, we've got to realize, listen, we're living in a fallen world. It's not a perfect world. I mean, we're living in fallen bodies. I mean, we're not living in perfect bodies, but one day. You see, there's a little, a little saying that I absolutely love. It says, the best is yet to come for the Christian. You see, one day, we're not going to have to worry about sickness. We're not going to worry about sadness. We're not going to have to worry about sin. There's, no, there's going to be no more encounters or, 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 or fighting with Satan. There's not going to be none of those things. Why? Because we're going to be perfect. The Bible says we are going to be like him. We're going to have new bodies. There's not going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more sickness. Those are things that we get to look forward to. Be thankful, not only for the fact that, you know, John says uh, there in Revelation, he says uh, at the end of Revelation 22, he says, even so, come Lord Jesus. John was ready for him to come in John's time, right? Uh, and we should be ready for him to come at any moment. Why? Because we get to see him face to face. You imagine that day? You imagine the day when we close our eyes to this world and we open up our eyes uh, and see Jesus? 
Do you know that's why Fanny Crosby said that she would never want her eyesight back while she was in this world? Because the first thing she wants to see is her Savior, Jesus Christ. You imagine, open up your eyes and there's Jesus. Now, we don't know what he looks like. Listen, listen to me, folks. I know you see pictures. I know you, yeah, I mean, I, we've got all, all kinds of pictures of what he looks like, and some of them are, you know, this emaciated, I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever. I tell you, I, I, the only thing I can tell you is he was Jewish, right? I mean, I, I can tell you that. But uh, other than that, listen, when we open up our eyes and we see Jesus, we open up our eyes and we see those pearly gates, and we see the streets of gold, and we see the mansions fair, and we see all these things. We see our loved ones that have gone on before that don't look as bad as they looked before they left here. You know, sometimes, sometimes death happens quickly, and sometimes it's slow. And sometimes you, you pray, Lord, Come quickly. I want, to, I want to go home to be with you, but you know it's all in the Lord's timing. And one day we're going to look and we're going to say, I believe we're going to recognize each other. I believe that's clear in the scripture. And we're going to say, wow. I do believe we're going to be a little surprised, I guess, if you get surprised in heaven, right? We're going to look around and we're going to think, where's so-and-so? You might even look around and say, wow, you made it? <laughs> You didn't make it because of you, right? We don't make it because of us. We make it because of the grace of God. And we need to be looking forward to that day. As discouraging as this day can be, as discouraging as this time can be, as upset as we can get, as angry as we can get, as bitter as we can get, as things happen in this world, we have something better to look forward to. Because something was far better to look forward to than the world does, and we should be excited uh, about uh, that, uh, that event, that very real event. I want you to know something. The second coming is just as real of an event as Christmas that's coming up for 2023. It's, it's a real event that's, that's, that's really going to take place, that's really going to happen. Matter of fact, Jesus encourages disciples. You remember in John 14, he tells us, he tells the disciples, let, let not your heart be troubled. Stop being, stop being worried. Stop being discouraged. Let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I always say this. It stirs people up. It's the only reason I say it. God didn't say you're getting one. He just says in his house there are many mansions, Right? In our Father's house. And by the way, it's not a matter of your mansion. And can I tell you this much? It's not going to be if you get a mansion, which I'm okay with believing whatever you want to believe about whether you get a mansion or not. But it's not going to be, you know, like you ever drop down to Savannah during Christmas time? Go to the right part of Savannah, by the way. But you drive down and you see all those million-dollar homes. And you see the lights and you say, oh, my goodness, how beautiful that home is. Oh, look at the stucco on that home. Oh, my goodness, that is so beautiful. We're not going to be going down through heaven and going, wow, look at his mansion. Holy smokes, he must have done something right. Do you know why it's not going to be like that? Because it's not going to be about us. It's going to be about Jesus. So 
whether we're in a mansion or in a shack, does it really matter? I mean, we're walking on the things that we worship here, right? We're walking on the streets of gold. I mean, the things are going to be looking different there than they are here. Heaven's heaven not because of mansions and gold and, 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 and jewels and diamonds. And Heaven's heaven because of Jesus Christ. Heaven's where Jesus is. And if where Jesus is, there's no mansions, that's where I want to be. If heaven is where there is mansions, or where Jesus is and there are mansions, then I want to be there. I want to be wherever Jesus is. He is the focus. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let this world get you down. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downtrodden. I mean, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, guess what? Good news. I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you see, he didn't say that where the mansions are. He said that where I am, there you may be also. I mean, what an encouragement. And matter of fact, they were so encouraged, they were so challenged by it, the question was asked, well, how can we know the way? How do we, how do we get to this place? And Jesus, of course, gives the famous statement in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh under the Father but by me. He is the only way. He is, Titus said, he is that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, understand this. We don't have time tonight to go into the, to, to the differences. But understand that there is the difference between the second coming of Jesus and the rapture of the church. Those are two different events. The rapture of the church, Jesus doesn't come down. He goes into the clouds, right? The trumpet will sound. The voice of the archangel will be called up to be with Christ. The second coming is when Jesus comes and puts his foot down on the Mount of Olives. When he puts his foot down here on earth, that's the second coming. He came the first time uh, through the birth, and he'll come the second time as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What are we looking for? We're looking for the rapture of the church. That's what we're looking for. Now, all those other things, the millennium, the tribulation, and the second coming, all those things are coming, mind you. Understand that. Those are great things. But what we're looking for is the next event on the prophetic calendar that is the rapture of the church. We will be raptured out of here. And by the way, before the tribulation ever happens, we're going to be raptured up out of here. And so shall we ever, the Bible says, be with the Lord. How do we know? When Jesus comes back, how do we know we're coming with him? And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Never be separated from him again. We'll be with him forever and ever. If that's not something to be thankful for, I mean, good night. I mean, there are so many things that can discourage you in this world, so many things that can get you down in this world. Uh, but those uh, things, uh, those gifts uh, that God has given us uh, are something that we can forever be thankful for. So when you get discouraged... Anybody ever get discouraged? Anybody want to admit that? Yeah, everybody else is a liar. Um, we all get discouraged, right, from time to time. Now, we got to be careful that we don't live in discouragement. 
right? But we get discouraged from time to time. I mean, things happen in life and, you know, things that we didn't expect and all these different things are happening in life. And so when you get discouraged, not if, but when, you're either been discouraged, you're in a discouragement or discouragement's around the corner. I know that sounds very pessimistic, but that's the world in which we live in today. It really is. And so what do we need to do? Let me tell you what we need to do. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. You see, I, I want you to know how foolish it is to think that you should wait until the discouragement comes to pray. Now, should you pray when you're discouraged? Of course. Of course you should. But let me tell you something. Before that discouragement ever comes, you should already be praying. You should already be praying God, asking God for guidance. You should already be praying and asking God for wisdom. Before that decision ever needs to be made, you should already be praying. You don't wait until after the trip to pray. You pray before the trip, I hope. You pray for God's protection. You pray for God's guidance as you get on the road and that God would watch over you and that he would, you know, uh, set his guardian angels to, 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 to watch you on the road. So we pray that, right? We don't pray afterwards. We pray before. And before there's ever a problem, you ought to pray, you ought to pray early. Let me tell you several things about praying early. Number one, you ought to pray early in the morning. Dude, you never know what's coming. You never know what's coming in a day. Now, the day before, the week before, the month before, maybe even the year before, you've got some plans. All right, if you're like me, you've got a calendar. Well, I tell you, if it doesn't go on a calendar, it doesn't happen. I mean, it, I have to put everything on a calendar. I've got lists. I've got calendar. I mean, I've got reminders. I've got, I mean, I have to have all those things. And so it goes on my calendar. But, you know, sometimes you put something on your calendar and it doesn't happen. Because sometimes life happens. It's kind of like baseball. I'm not a huge baseball fan. But from time to time, I'll watch a baseball game. And what always amazes me is a good pitcher. And a good pitcher has a repertoire of pitches that he has. Some are better than others. But man, here's the problem. The catcher, right, if you ever watched a baseball game or if you know anything about a baseball game, the catcher's behind the plate and he's giving the pitcher signals. And those signals are telling the pitcher what pitch to pitch. Now, sometimes the Pitcher says, no, I don't want that. And sometimes he says, yes, and that's the pitch he attempts to pitch. Here's the problem. The hitter has no idea. He has no idea what's coming. Have you ever watched a really good hitter swing and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world were you swinging at? I mean, he missed that ball by like you, and you say to yourself, I could have hit that ball. Anybody ever a couch, you know, couch athlete? I'm a couch athlete. Uh, I could have hit that ball. I could have caught that ball, whatever. And, and he swings. Why? Because you know what he was anticipating? That's what they got to kind of do. When the ball's coming at 98 miles an hour and he throws a changeup, <laughs> you're expecting a fastball across the gut and you swing. That's why. Or he throws a curveball, or he throws not many of them throw knuckleballs anymore, but throws a knuckle, throws one of these pitches that you weren't expecting, and you swing and miss it. You ever swung and miss at life? 
Boy, you were expecting one thing and all of a sudden something else hits you by the side. You better be praying early in the morning. Every day, praying early in the morning. David prayed early in the morning. Daniel prayed early in the morning. This idea that we just pray. This, this is kind of the, the Christian uh, mentality today. Well, you know, I, I, I prayed at church. Sunday, you prayed one time for the whole week. You're, you're, you're going to be in trouble. We need to pray early in the morning, every morning. Then we need to pray early in an event. Right? Don't wait. This is what we like to do. We, we wait until things get out of hand, and we've tried everything else, and then we pray. I've done this, I've done this. It's kind of like the woman with the issue of blood, remember? She spent all that she had, and all the doctors, she tried, she tried everything, and her last-ditch effort was Jesus. Isn't that what we do sometimes in Christianity? We try everything else. I can handle this. God, you could, you, could, you could sit this one out. I got this one. No problem. And then it goes south. And then it gets bad. And then we do, you, know, you know what we do? We just keep digging and digging and digging. And pretty soon we're in a hole so deep that we can't get out ourselves. So then what do you do? We turn to Jesus, right? We turn to God then. No, turn to God in the beginning of a crisis. Turn to God in the beginning of a difficulty. Turn to God in the beginning of a problem. Because we need to be ready and willing and able to face the problems that come up in life because God has been so good. The gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of His Spirit, the gift of His Scriptures, the gift of His second coming. Next time you get discouraged, just open up the Bible. Next time you you get discouraged, just get on your knees and pray. Take time with God. He will, listen, the world will fail, right? The flesh will fail. People will fail. I mean, it's kind of the world we're living in. You're expecting one thing, you're going to get another. Listen, when you expect something from God, you always get what he says. When God promises something in his word, you can take it to the bank. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful tonight for your love for us. We're thankful for your gift, the gift of your salvation, the gift of your spirit, the gift of the scriptures, the gift that one day you're coming back for your church. You're going to take us to be with you, and we're going to be with you forever and forever. Help us to encourage one another with these words. There are difficulties in life. Lord, we know. We've all faced them. We all are facing them. And if we stay around any longer, we're going to face them in the future. So as we hit these discouragements, as we hit these difficulties, as we we have these problems in our lives, I pray that you would... Just help, encourage us. Use your spirit, use your scriptures to guide us, to lift us, to edify us, to strengthen us. We need thee. 
As the old hymn says, every hour we need thee. And I pray that you'd help us just to turn to you, to lean upon you, to find rest in you in this very chaotic world that we live in. Thank you. We just celebrated, of course, Thanksgiving, Lord, and we're so thankful for the opportunity for, to be around family and friends and, and church. And I pray that you would help us as we're facing Christmas coming around the corner, Lord, and celebrating your birth. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be reminded, not just during the holidays, but reminded every day that we need to be a grateful people. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning each one of us. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a good week this week. Give us opportunities. Open our eyes. Help us to see these opportunities. Help us to, to step where you tell us to step and to stop where you tell us to stop. And may you be exalted with everything that's said and done in our lives. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Teen room, all the uh, all men.